Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's almost game day. We got a brand new sponsor, Brothers Market in Sigourney, Iowa. We're so thankful to have them. They're going to be part of our meet and greet at uh, Sigourney Kyoto football game in Sigourney. Uh, we also have Adrian Dickey. He's a state senator running uh, uh, it's a big area, a lot of our area here. Uh, we got two house reps, Jeff Shipley and Helena Hayes. They both support. Uh, High school football. We got Helma Ford of Sigourney, Iowa, and uh, uh, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, and Beyond Beautiful Benches of Richland, Iowa. Well, we've got Scotty Melvin, and we're here to uh, get as much as we can get on a uh, playoff preview. And then I maybe if we don't get to everything at this one, I'll get a hold of Andy Kretzinger later and, and do another one. Maybe we can. Talk this out a little bit more. But welcome to the program, Scotty. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really glad that you called. I know everybody's so busy this week, uh, but it's uh, crunch time right now. We're we're playoff bound, uh, and we've got a lot of great matchups. So I thought we'd spend about a half an hour uh, of time talking about what you uh, what uh, what matchups you're looking at and what you're thinking about. Well, I've got a, a list of every uh, buddy in our area that's still alive. Um, it's not a very long list, but I try to dig deep into the opponents uh, as much as I could. So we get kind of a good look at what's going to happen this Friday or what potentially could happen. So uh, whatever you want to start with, we'll start with. Well, you just go ahead and pick out whatever you want. We'll, we'll get around right. talking about it. I want to talk about all of them. Okay, well, we'll start with the smalls and move on up. Uh, like we said a week ago, or a few days ago, uh, as far as our eight-player uh, teams go, this district produced uh, four playoff teams, and I thought maybe more than one would survive into the second round, but it, it didn't go that way. We've got Waco. They're still alive. Uh, you know, definitely a favorite to maybe make a run to the Dome. And I want to preface this with uh, some of the names of some of the players and coaches here. I'm probably going to butcher, so I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, to start with, Central City Wildcats, they're 8-1. and one. They're coming to Wayland Friday night to take on the undefeated Warriors, who are 10-0, probably the only 10-win team in the state right now in any class. And the Wildcats are um, – they're a good team. And, and and when I started going through their stats and some of their scores and things like that, I realized that, and I think Coach Edeker said this, they're a little bit of like looking in a mirror for Waco. They're a team that uh, doesn't have a super ton of standout stats. You know what I mean? Like they have a, they have a, they seem to be a team that's got some depth and uh, can spread the ball around a little bit. Um, they're, they're, they do things a lot like Waco does on offense. They seem to have a standout uh, uh, running back and a standout quarterback that uh, can run the ball quite a bit. And then they've got a kid that comes in and does the throwing. So instead of having an Isaac Oswald, they've got two guys doing what Isaac does. And I'll start with that quarterback, Jaden Hansen. He's the thrower. Um, he's thrown for 600 yards this year, 12 touchdowns and only two interceptions. He does only complete 40% of his passes. And he's got 42 carries for almost 300 yards and another four touchdowns. So he's he's accounted uh, for 16 TDs on his own. And then they've got the other quarterback, Aiden Klosterman. Uh, he's one of the brothers that Coach Edeker was talking about. He's rushed for 1,170 yards, almost seven yards a clip and 20 touchdowns. So kind of got those Simeon Reichenbach type numbers this year. 
And then his brother, uh, running back Matt Klosterman, is only a sophomore. He's rushed for 532 yards, almost nine yards of carry and nine touchdowns. So a nice uh, trio of kids there on offense to make things go. Leading receivers, Lucas Grief. He's a senior, 21 receptions, six touchdowns. On defense, uh, this will put you in mind of like a Drew Deers. They've got a junior linebacker, Makai Benton. Actually, he's a defensive end listed on the, on the roster. But uh, he's got 52 tackles and 14 sacks. I haven't come across anybody yet this year in any class in, in, in our area that had that many sacks on the season. So that's, uh, that's quite an impact player there. 19 and a half tackles for loss. Three fumble recoveries. He puts you in mind of if he's a defensive end as he's listed on the roster, He's on the on the same kind of level as, as uh, the three guys that rotate in for Waco, you know, uh, Ty Egley, Chase Waterhouse, and Colton Lichty. So, again, it's it's one of those deals where I saw so many similarities as I went through the roster for Central City. Um, so they're gonna gonna come into Waco, and it's gonna look like uh, two teams that do things the same way. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. I mean, I'm always gonna favor Waco, you know, just because they. Until they get beat, man, you're going to have to prove it to me that you can do it. And the one, there's no common opponents or anything here, but Central City, the one loss they had was to uh, Easton Valley, who we know was in the Dome last year, um, brought back a lot of kids and, and are a favorite to return again this year. And they did lose to them 49-6, to so Easton Valley put it on them. To me, Easton Valley is in that group of five or six, eight-player teams. It's just a notch above everybody else along with a Waco. So that tells us a little bit of a story there, but uh, how much so, who knows? That was some weeks ago, like week five. So uh, I'm sure Central City's improved like everybody else. And, uh, oh, they do have uh, a guy with some picks, too, and it's that Aiden Klosterman. He plays defense both ways. He's got four interceptions on the year, and the team has 26 turnovers forced on the season, which is only three behind Waco, who's got 29. So... I don't know about you, Dave, but I see two very similar teams going head-to-head here in Wayland Friday night. Well, uh, Coach Edeker, when I talked to him, he uh, he told me what you're telling me. And, uh, you know, he's not taking them, you know, lightly. And uh, uh, it's a scary story that they're, they're telling, to be honest with you. But I don't know. I think Waco could do it. I did want to mention, though, that we crossed 16,000 listeners this morning. So, All right. Good news. So that, we're, the, the football thing, it's real. People are just eating it up. They're on the edge of their seats for the, for the playoffs, and, and they're, they're wanting to do. But that is going to be one fantastic matchup. But this is not just going to be a, just some team we're just going to roll through, I don't think. No, it's, uh, we're past that part of the thing, I think. Even if you're one of the top-notch teams that, you know, that I talked about, that group of five or six, an eight-player, there's, there's no gimmies now. Um, and it's going to be a tough one. I have a lot of faith in that Waco team. They are so deep, um, great coaches. And my guy, Drew Deers, I know he'll be studying up on this defense and getting his guys in the right spots to make plays. I expect him to, to keep rolling, but uh, it's going to be a tough sledding this Friday. Anybody get their team ready for a game like this? It's Coach Edeker, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Next up, going up into Class A, our Columbus Wildcats traveling to the undefeated Grundy Center Spartans. They're 9-0. and They're uh, a lot of people's favorite to get to the Dome and maybe win a title. Uh, this is going to be a tough game. It's a long road trip up there. I looked into it because I'll be in Cedar Rapids uh, for the weekend and 
it's it's another good hour and 20 minutes north and west of Cedar Rapids. So it's up there. That's a long trip for the Wildcats to be making. Looked into Grundy Center. Uh, Coach Lequa said that they pass a lot. He's right on with his. Uh, he had no doubt anyway. But I had to see the stats for my uh, the stats for myself. But uh, they're coached by Travis Zajac. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, their quarterback is Colin Gordon. He's a junior. This kid throws over seventy percent completion rate. Um, you won't see that too often in high school, especially when you're talking a team that passes a lot. So that's just an insane number. 1,439 yards on the year, 16 touchdowns and only five interceptions. He's rushed for uh, 290 yards, but eight touchdowns in that yardage. So he's accounted for 24 touchdowns from the quarterback spot. Uh, he appears to be a, a kid that's got a lot of star power there, and he's coming back next year for, for the Spartans. Running back, um, Justin Knack, also only a junior. He's got 521 yards. He's their leading rusher, so that, that goes to show they don't throw it a lot. You know, uh, If your leading rusher's only got 500 yards, that's, uh, that's not a lot of running yards for, uh, for especially a Class A school. But he's got 12 touchdowns on the ground. Um, there's a, a young man named, and I'll, I'll butcher this name, Trent Kakarice, junior, defensive lineman, 47 tackles. Put you in mind of uh, some of these other stellar uh, linemen we have around here, like like the kids at Waco or or, uh, or uh, the ones that, the stellar ones that they have there at Columbus. Uh, no one on the team. This this is the kind of stuff that scares me, Dave, because uh, it reminds me of a Waco. When you've got gaudy numbers as as a team, you know the scores that uh, that you produce every Friday night have been way up there, like the Grundy Centers. But there's no one kid that really stands out with crazy statistics. You know what I mean? Like there is not one receiver with over 25 catches on this team, and for the amount of passing yardage that they've thrown for and and the type of points they've put up, they must have had some great. Uh, field position and things like that throughout the season, but nobody over 25 catches. They've got 20 takeaways on defense on the season. So this is uh, one of those teams that's it's hard to point it outside of the quarterback at any one player that you could key on or anything. Um, it, it, they're going to spread the ball around and uh, Columbus is going to have to account for everybody. It's going to take a total team effort to pull this one off. I know they can do it. Um, so I'll be following that one closely if I'm not able to get there in person. Still making that decision. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, big game Friday night for Columbus on the road to try to keep this season going. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you're playing with the big boys now. That's all there is to it. 16 teams left. Uh, you win this, so there'll just be eight left. So, uh, Columbus is a great team. I think they're up for the challenge. They certainly were up for the playoffs last week uh, with the 62 points. That was incredible. Well, what do you think? Uh, uh, do the boys got uh, a, a good shot in this one? If they can move the ball? Yeah, and I think they will be able to. Grundy Center, I believe, has a pretty stout defense. I think, again, and, and this is kind of a running theme as I'm going through all of our uh, teams' uh, matchups you know, for this week. A lot of looking in the mirror type stuff here. Yeah, Grundy Center is a throwing team, so what they do is different you know, from, from a strategic standpoint on offense. but the results are kind of the same. And uh, it, I just, I think there's teams like, uh, you know, we saw it with Albernette. They kind of, kind of slowed down the rushing attack from uh, Columbus, but 
but they didn't stop it, not even close. They still, you know, put up over 30 points. Caden still had 250 yards. Yeah, it took him more carries than usual, but that's that's what the wing T's designed for. So I think as long as everybody uh, prepares well, like they have been doing every week, performs well, like they've been doing every week, they've got a great shot at pulling this off. I wouldn't call it even an upset if it happened. That pod that they're in is just insanely good because you got Al Burnett and East Buchanan on the other side of it. Any four, any one of these four teams in this pod is a potential state champion in my book. Um, and there's others out there too, but yeah, this is a, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's a long road trip and, and Grundy center is very seasoned. That's the one thing I've, I've been saying to my coworkers and buddies when we're talking about playoffs is, you know, Grundy center is very seasoned. That's the one advantage they've got. They, they've been successful for a while. They've been in the dome as recently as last year. I can't remember where they finished. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of experience on this uh, staff and team in this part of the playoffs. So Columbus will have to overcome that, but they sure can do it. I, I have no doubt. Okay. All right, moving on to the big one uh, that you and I possibly both may take in. 8-1 and one Mediapolis Bulldogs at the 7-2 and two Sigourney Kyoto Cobras up in Sigourney Friday. Um, again, this, this one is another – they do it differently. You know, Sigrid and Kyoto runs out of the single wing. I believe Meepo runs a lot of shotgun, but they, they do run the ball a lot. They don't throw a ton. Um, it's two slobber knocker teams, man. Uh, and I expect an extremely physical game um, because that's the style that both of these teams play. And unfortunately, it's two area teams. But, you know, at some point, we're, if any of them advanced far enough, they were all going to run into each other. So second round's better than first round. Um, Bulldogs at Cobras. I'm going to start with the Bulldogs. Anthony Isley's up to 1,341 yards rushing this season. He's averaging over eight yards per carry. He'll get the tough yards. He'll get. He'll break off long runs. He's a threat on special teams to take it to the house. He did it against West Branch even. He's got 18 touchdowns rushing on the season. Quarterback Ben Egan, his stats aren't gaudy, but he's done a lot for this team and I'm sure will continue to be key to their success in the playoffs. He averages a little over six yards a carry. He runs a lot. He doesn't throw a ton. And then they've got some of the best linebackers in the area. Chet Moore, 78 tackles, 64 of them solo on the season. That is an insane number. Alden Wonderlick right there with him, 67 tackles, and he's got 55 solo. So you know, you've, you've heard Coach Borson talk throughout the season that they're not a, a big team, but they tackle well and they're physical and they do things right. Those two kids right there, uh, their numbers reflect that. Then you got Cole Lipper, one of the Division One caliber athletes on the team. He's tight end. I believe he plays defensive end on on defense. He's only got 10 receptions this year, but he's he reminds me of a Waco tight end. He's taken five of those 10 in for touchdowns, and he's a threat uh, for them in the uh, in the air game should they go to it. And then on defense, Jackson Hutchison continues to do some big-time work in the defensive backfield. He's got five picks. Flipping over to the Cobra side of things, you got quarterback Sawyer Stout. The juniors uh, only completed just a little under 60% of his passes this year. That's pretty darn good. 501 yards. We know they don't throw a ton, uh, but when they do, they've been successful. He's got eight touchdown passes. He's rushed for another 356 yards and uh, a touchdown. And then Cole Clarahan's picked up the uh, the load where uh, Cade Molinix, uh, you know, the void he left when he graduated. Cole's got 1,115 yards rushing now, 19 touchdowns on the season. So, you know, him and Isley kind of neck and neck on what they're doing 
production wise for their teams back there. What I like about this year's Cobra team is that Isaac Bruns. I love watching him play baseball. I know he didn't. Uh, I don't believe he started or anything, but that kid as a freshman through the summer, and you saw it too. He was a threat to take one long. I thought, man, that kid's got some real athletic ability and some power. He's been showing it on the football field this year. He's only a sophomore. 480 yards, about eight and a half per carry and four touchdowns, a long of 65. He's your home run threat. And I love it when I see these wing T and single wing, these power run teams, and they got some powerful runners and then they've got that home run guy. They uh, give opponents a lot of problems with that, that mix. And Isaac Bruns gives the Cobras that dynamic. Cole Kindred, uh, junior, I believe he plays tight end. He's got 10 receptions and four touchdowns on the season. Almost identical numbers to Cole Lipper. I mean, it's just crazy, these these teams that we're seeing matched up this week, how similar they are in so many ways. Jack Clarahan leads the linebacking core. Uh, we talked about him a lot. He kind of sets the bar in the area along with several others. He's a senior. He's got 46 tackles and seven tackles for loss on the season, so he's doing great work. And the Cobras have 18 total takeaways on, on the year. They've uh, turned the ball over quite a bit so that bodes well for them this is game that i wouldn't want to make a pick if we were doing it i don't know about you but i see this one as just an absolute push i wouldn't know which way to go there's no way i'd put money on it <laughs> it's gonna be an exciting game both these coaches know each other well uh i guess they used to be in the same uh, conference i think or they used to meet a lot in the playoffs and i kind of a little bit of a back and forth record each team winning some games uh yeah. I guess uh, Sigourney Kiel is a big advantage is it's a home game yeah. know, for them. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, Meepo's big advantage, I guess, would be with this uh, number one kicker in the United States, at least the, the number one punting prospect. But he can also kick field goals, and I think that could have something to do. Because I could see uh, – uh, a, a couple times, two, three times in this game where uh, Meepo could stall just outside of the, the red zone or even in the red zone uh, and maybe need to get some points on the board via a kick, which is something that generally uh, Sigourney Kyoto does pretty dang well, at least above average. But uh, uh, their kicker, Caden uh, Clarahan, got a, a knee dislocated. They put it back in, so... He might be able to go. He might not be able to go. They got a backup guy. But uh, uh, do you think maybe with the Drew, the killer Miller, uh, maybe could punt and get some field position that's going to be important in this game? It's, it, it could definitely factor in. Uh, this is one of those games, any of them, special teams could be the difference. You've seen it. You've been talking about it all season. We've seen it many times where it came down to an extra point or something. But in a game like this, it's a, such a monumental slugfest of two powerful physical teams. You know, field position could mean everything. And Drew Miller does give Mediapolis a type of advantage on that. Should they go uh, into some three and outs or have some uh, drive stall where he can pin the other team deep? Um, you know, a lot of high schools, it's an adventure when we get to see a punt. You know, it, it, it could be a disaster with a snap or a block or or they shank them a lot, you know, because it's just not something that a lot of high school kids, you know, work on a ton. But Drew Miller is the the best in the nation for his class. He's He's got a scholarship offered at Iowa State, which is unheard of for punters. Um, you know, uh, that's an advantage that Mediapolis has, a, you know, in their back pocket that nobody else has, and it could factor in. And then depending on Caden's status, which we want to shout out to him, hopefully he's recovered. If not, it's a speedy one. 
I'm glad that the injury isn't near as bad as what I was told it was at first because I heard all kinds of bad stories and and uh, so he's going to be fine. And but you know if he's he's able to go, then they've got something there too with the ability to kick some field goals. He's picked right up where his brother left off on that. Um, so that that's a detail that could loom large in a game like this for sure. Yeah, I think uh, uh, man, I I think. Meepo has a better kicker than most colleges uh, at this point. Uh, I'll go one further. I think he's better than most pros. Better than most pros. He sure is. It sure is beautiful to watch him, and I'm going to enjoy that. A lot of times they don't even get stopped enough to have to punt. But, but in the games where they have, like in that West Branch game, man, I think he had 355-plus yard field or uh, uh, punts, you know. And I've seen I think he kicked some 40-plus yard field goals, too, so. Yeah, he can boot the field goals. His punt average on the season, I think, is like 48 or 49, which would put him in all-pro status in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a weapon, but... He uh, and they'll need him in this game, because I guarantee you there's going to be some uh, some drives that stall against this Cobra defense. Well, there there's no weapon like the snake pit either. That is, mm-hmm. that is a weapon in of itself, and... I'll be there for sure. Uh, you guys want to come visit? I'm trying to get in there by uh, before the game. I'll try to be uh, behind the end zone where the snack bar is on that side, you know, so that when because I'm gonna try to talk to some EPO people and try to talk to some Cobras and fans, and you know, we'll get it together. Anybody that comes out there, I know Jacob Lenzendorf's gonna be there, uh, getting some film for KTVO. He has a tendency to be there when. Uh, Singer and Kyoto does some great things. He he just gets some of them good highlights, doesn't he? He sure does. I enjoy his. I enjoy the video Ryan Timmerman shot. Man, we're we're blessed with some. You know, those guys are are uh, tasked with way too much. Our our media peeps around here, whether it be the radios, the TVs, the papers, there's just too much to cover and not enough bodies. But the ones we have, uh, they are doing humans work, man. They they do a great job. I want to shout out to that uh, uh, real smart video guy. I know he's going to uh, Waco to get some yeah. some videos of that, but he's been a, a godsend. And and uh, the episode we did with him did really good. Uh, I was really impressed with how many people appreciate what he's doing. You know, uh, so we'll be getting some video out of that too. That's Jeff Mills, and he's got a passion for it. Um, I've got a little insider info real quick on that because uh, his stepson, Zach Stout, started working with me about a week ago, and Zach was a standout uh, wide receiver for Washington for the Demons when they were uh, when they had that undefeated season a couple years ago. He spent some of that season hurt, but he was a, he was a fun kid to watch. He was a great basketball player for the Demons. Jeff's his uh, dad there, and, and uh, he started shooting to get Zach's, you know, athletic events on, you know, recorded. And he just, uh, he's been doing it a long time and he's good at it. He's gotten better and better at the editing from what Zach's told me. And he has a real passion for it. And I said, man, he needs to, he needs to make that his career because he's, he's really good at it. And uh, I've loved watching Jeff's highlights for some years now. Well, he's making a huge contribution. Making a huge contribution for the kids around here because those are the kind of videos that coaches look at before they even Uh consider recruiting somebody. So. Yep, he's, he's doing great things for the kids around here. I'm glad he's uh, going to be at the Waco game, because I'm going to probably not make that one, and uh, I'll depend on him to get some eyes on that for me that I can look at after the game. Okay. All right, man, we're moving into the big kids now. Uh, 2A, we got 
third place in the district, Mid Prairie traveling to Williamsburg, who won the district and is by many folks favored to make a run to the dome, if not win the title. The Golden Hawks rematch with Williamsburg, and I forget. Do you remember the the final score to that first meeting in the regular season? I didn't write it down. I'll look it up, but it's it was the uh, it was lopsided. It was like every other game that 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 Williamsburg played on guarantee. Yeah, yeah and Williamsburg uh, put up the same number they put on everybody in that game. But as we know, sometimes round two doesn't go the same way as round one, and I've seen it happen myself, and and on some of the biggest stages you could imagine. We'll go over the teams real quick. Mid-Prairie, of course, uh, we hear about him all year. Braden Hartley, the running back, he is a machine. He's uh, he's like having a jackhammer in the backfield. He doesn't have any long TD runs on the year. I think uh, the longest I saw wasn't even quite 40 yards. I think he has the ability, but uh, I think Mid-Prairie has played that ball control game that they do so well this year that uh, they've just hammered out wins, and he's the spearhead of that 1,335 yards rushing little over six a carry. So, you know, he's uh, so important to that Golden Hawk offense, 14 touchdowns. And then one of my favorites, Kane Brown, he's a senior uh, receiver, defensive back, 23 receptions on the year. And Mid-Prairie doesn't throw it a lot, but he's got 23 receptions, by far the leader, uh, for 417 yards and five touchdowns. So Kane's done uh, the bulk of the work catching the passes this year for the Golden Hawks. On defense, 48 tackles and four interceptions. He is a... Uh, Quite a weapon to have uh, on the defensive side of the ball and, and doing great things. Colin Miller is a quarterback. He's a senior. He's got 12 total touchdowns between his rushes and, and throws this year. He hasn't thrown a ton. It's not something the Golden Hawks do a bunch of. And then I want to shout out uh, an offensive lineman, my guy, number 53, Jackson Timmerman. He's always all over our Twitter stuff. He's a real proud Golden Hawk player. Helps anchor that line. He's a senior. And uh, he believes they have a chance to pull this thing off. And I talked to him a little bit. I told him, you absolutely do. I've seen it happen too many times. I posted up uh, an old uh, article from my stomping grounds uh, in Illinois from, oh gosh, about 24 years ago. There was a team over there. They were conference rivals. And the one team was head and shoulders above everybody in the state, class 2A, just like this game. And uh, they had beat the rival 49 to nothing at the end of the regular season. And the two teams met up for a state championship six weeks later, only to see the tables get turned and that underdog finish with a win and a state championship. I told the golden Hawks, you guys can do this and uh, we'll see what happens. But if you leave it all out there, you're not a loser no matter what, but uh, it, and it'll be a tall task because I'm going to go over the Raiders now coached by legend, Kurt Ritchie. Uh, the Raiders have, a great quarterback in Carson Hudipole. I don't know how you pronounce that last name quite. Hudipole, uh, maybe. He's a senior. 1,087 yards and 15 touchdowns thrown for this year. He's rushed for another 444 and another 12 touchdowns. So this kid's, you know, counted for 27 total. Uh, running back that I've heard the name of quite a bit, haven't really gotten to see him at all because uh, I haven't seen much tape on Williamsburg or anything. They don't have a huge Twitter presence. Gable Dayton, he's a senior. He's rushed for eight touchdowns and uh, almost 600 yards. But the name that you'll hear a lot, and if you haven't, Dave, you will, is wide receiver safety Derek Weiskopf. He is the probably the best athlete in the school. He's already he's he's a, the Cam Buffington of, of Williamsburg. He's got a, a scholarship to Iowa to play. Um, he's only got the 26 receptions on offense for eight touchdowns, but he's got five picks on the season. He does a lot for those guys. He makes uh, 
highlight reel tackles and things like that. He's a, he's another one of those Division One athletes that when you see him move, you know he's Division One. He stands out, and um, he's a great weapon for the Raiders. Uh, they've got a linebacker. Not sure how you pronounce his name. Uh, it's Racy Heitman. He's only a sophomore, but 63 tackles on the season. So these guys are young, and uh, they're very good. And um, I'm going to give you a number that's going to just blow your mind because we talk about Waco having so many turnovers forced on the season by that great defense. This Williamsburg Raiders defense has forced 30 total takeaways. And if you scan through the kids that have produced these, outside of Derek's uh, five picks, it's just a bunch of guys with one, one fumble recovery, one interception. This is another one of those extremely deep teams that can get contributions from so many kids. Uh, I think that's key to the success of any football program. The more bodies, the better. And Williamsburg has that luxury. They're going to be a tough out, but I, like I told the Mid-Prairie kids, you can do this. It's been done before, so good luck to the Golden Hawks Friday. Well, uh, I did look that up. It was 56-7. to Yeah. And that was at Mid-Prairie. Mid-Prairie, or Williamsburg even beat Van Meter this year. I mean, yeah, they, they yeah. haven't been beat by anybody. Uh, they strolled in the first round, forty-two to nothing against the Manch. Uh, they're my pick to win the the whole state title. I, I think they're a, a powerful and awesome team. But uh, 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 Mid Prairie will uh, be prepared, and uh, we'll see what happens. I guess if they can if they can sustain drives and do what they do so well, control clock they can improve immensely on that first uh, meeting score, uh, if not pull this off. And yes, I know it's going to be a, a huge task, but I can't say it enough. It's been done before. Well, at least we had a double A team and an eight man, an eight man, one A and two A. Uh... All right. We're on to um, the next two A game, the Centerville Big Reds, seven and two. They're traveling to Monticello Panthers, who are also seven and two. Uh, Centerville's head coach, again, another name that's going to be hard for me to pronounce. I heard Jacob pronounce it the other day with you on the interview. Matt uh, Kovacek, something like, like that. Anyway, said. I'm going to give What's you a, a star for that. What's that? I'm going to give you a star for that pronunciation. I'm sure it's way off. I, I ran into a bunch of names where I just uh, I was stumped. I even asked Liz. I'm like, what do you think? This is how it's spelled. What do you think? And she's like, I don't know. You're on your own. <laughs> so, uh, you know, anyway, Centerville's head coach has got a uh, has got a a really good quarterback in Brady Tuttle. You've seen him play on, on film, I'm sure, and, and we hear a lot about him. He's um, a dual threat kid, 915 yards passing, 10 touchdowns on the season. He's rushed for 1,154 yards and uh, 15 touchdowns, and he's he's one of those kids. He's thick built. He just he looks like a power powerful kid, a powerful runner. Uh, and they're going to need that this week against Monticello because Monticello's got a great defense. Um, his favorite target when he's throwing the ball is Griffin Weber. He's a senior wide receiver. He's got 27 catches, four touchdowns, and Griffin is also a defensive back that's got four interceptions on the on the defensive side. So Griffin is a, a really important player for Centerville. They've got a senior linebacker, Jax Mosley, 63 tackles. So like so many others uh, on this list of playoff teams that we're going over, they've got some just really outstanding players. And it, it, every team you go through, it's like, man, this, they've got the same quality 
position players putting up similar numbers all across the board. And I guess that's what it takes to uh, get your team to this, this part of the season, these last 16 that are standing in each class. Uh, hey, uh, Monticello. Oh, go ahead. I, I just want to say, just keep going for a while. Cause I got to go downstairs and check on my grandson, make sure he's up and get ready for school. Yeah, we're getting to that time. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go over what I got from Monticello here. They are uh, the first place finisher in Class 2A, District 5. They um, are coached by Wes Wilson. Their only two losses were to a really good Cascade team and a really good uh, Beckman Catholic team. And they've got a, another Iowa recruit we're going to talk about, quarterback linebacker Preston Reese. He's only a junior. He's in that great class with Derek from Williamsburg and and Cam from from uh, Winfield Mount Union, um, just some great defensive players from right here in the cornfields going up to Iowa here in a couple of years to play. I can't wait to see them on the college level, but it's fun watching them on the high school level right now. And Preston's numbers are just eye popping. They are insane. This kid is obviously a man among boys when he steps onto those Friday night light fields. Um, He's rushed from that quarterback spot for 2,166 yards. I'm sorry, that's his passing. 2,166 yards passing, 23 touchdowns through the air. He's rushed for 1,348 yards, uh, a little over nine per carry, and another 14 touchdowns, including a long of 97. So he covers all the bases. Preston's got an arm. Uh, he can hurt you through the air. He can hurt you with his legs and uh, with with uh, powerful runs and with long runs that take speed. So, um, you know, he's accounted for 37 touchdowns by himself, uh, right around 3,500 yards total. Those are just crazy numbers. And then on the defensive side of the ball, he's got 56 tackles and 10 sacks. So he's another one of those sack masters, double digits uh, on that for the year. Just a, a, a supreme athlete and uh, – uh, I don't know if I'll get to watch any of this game on YouTube or anything. I'm not sure if it's going to be uh, streamed, but uh, I'll be scanning around all of our area teams, and I hope I get to see a little of this one. Well, yeah, Exciting sure team, this that's a good matchup uh, for them. I like it. Yeah, I think, you know, if they can slow Preston down a little bit, Centerville's got a real chance in this one. Other other than him, he's kind of the X factor. Um, you know, the, this is a pretty even match-looking game to me. Uh, Monticello does have a running back, Dylan Rohr, who's, you know, 764 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. So Preston's not, you know, pressed to do everything by himself back there. He's got some help. Uh, this is the number, I think, out of all the numbers we have gone over in the entire season. And there's some some phenomenal athletes putting up some crazy stats. This one is the one that took me aback the most. Wide receiver Tate Peterson, Preston uh, Reese, favorite target. 80 catches on the season for 1,118 yards and nine touchdowns. Woo. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a high school wide receiver with 80 catches in a season. I'm sure it's happened, but I haven't seen it. So that one, uh, I had to do a double take, Dave. <laughs> That's a lot of catches. Well, uh, that's that's what I got for that one. That finishes up 2A. Uh, should be a great one up in Monticello. Fort Madison. They gutted out a crazy win at home against Burlington to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, the same scenario they had a year ago, and it went their way this year. So happy for them, so proud of them. Happy for 
Coach Doherty, um, he's done a great job, and everybody says that, uh, getting that program on the map, because Fort Madison, you know, I spent a lot of time there as a youth, and that was something that all my friends over there that went to school at Fort Madison kind of were bummed about, is they just couldn't get a, a real good football uh, team on the field year to year, it seemed like, but those days are over. Unfortunately, as a reward, they got to travel to one of the most highly thought of teams in the state in the 4A field, and that's the Waverly Shell Rock Billhawks, who are 9-0. and And quite honestly, if you go through their scores, they really haven't been challenged this year. Um, and they're another one of those teams where there's not a ton of like crazy standout statistics or anything because they are deep and they've got a lot of weapons and they use them all and they use them all very well. And I'll start with uh, their head coach is Mark Hubbard. These guys are out of 4A District 2. They finished first. They're led by quarterback Cole Marsh, who's a junior. He's uh, thrown for 860 yards and 10 touchdowns. I don't know what offensive set they run, but I have a feeling it's a power run type thing. Uh, they haven't thrown a ton, but they've done it effectively when they do. They've got a running back named McCray Haggerty, one of the best names I've come across in this uh, particular preview. He's a senior. He's rushed for 1,269 yards and 21 touchdowns. So he's done the bulk of the work running the ball, which I think is their forte. Um, they've got uh, a running back linebacker, Asa Newsom, who's a senior. He's six foot three, so he's a big target uh, in the pass game when they throw, even though he's listed as a running back. And he's got 24 catches and a couple of touchdowns on the season. And he uh, seems to me to be one of their defensive leaders as well. They've taken the ball away from opponents 18 times this season, so they, um, they force a lot of turnovers. They're just solid. Uh, nothing nothing stood out to me about them, Dave, when I looked through their stats and everything, uh, as far as anything crazy. They just uh, seem to be a very well-rounded and deep team. Well, uh, it was pretty exciting the way Fort Madison got in there last year. Burlington came out in that game, and they were able to push into the playoffs. This year, Fort Madison did it. Uh, uh, if Look, man, just go back and watch that game. At least watch that last fourth quarter. And uh, it'll blow your mind. It'll bend your it'll it'll bend your psyche a little bit because uh, both of those teams really deserve to go to the playoffs. But yeah, you know, at least they settled it between the white lines, didn't they? Yeah, that's what you got to do. And uh, you know, it's it's sad to to lose, but uh, Burlington put up quite a fight. Those were two really even match teams. The home team two years in a row has come out of it and and got to play another game, and that's what's happened here for Fort Madison. I would say the same thing to them that uh, I would say to, to Mid Prairie. Now, now Fort Madison hasn't played Waverly Shell Rock yet, but it is definitely a tall order. I think Fort Madison may have the longest road trip of anybody in any class. I'd have to go back and look at that graphic, but uh, that's a long drive up to the northeastern corner from the southeastern corner that they've got to make on top of everything else. Uh, go over their players real quick that have stood out. We saw a couple of them at the end of the game last uh, week when they, they made the play that got him into this playoff game quarterback, Aiden Boyer, the senior quarterback has thrown for 1,372 yards and 14 touchdowns. One of those was to, I believe it was Henry Wiseman that caught that game winner last year, or I'm sorry, last week against Burlington. And uh, you know, that's something that stands out about Fort Madison. They do throw the ball quite a bit and they've got two, outstanding actually three outstanding wide receivers uh that it, he spreads the ball around to and they've all got very similar numbers so i like the balance that fort madison has uh that one wide receiver henry wiseman he's a junior 40 catches on the year for four touchdowns wide receiver kane williams he's a senior 
He's got 41 for five, so they're almost putting up identical numbers. And then just behind him, I think, is uh, maybe the, the best deep threat they have, and that's wide receiver Leaf Boating. He's a junior as well. He's only got 26 catches, but that's still pretty good numbers. Uh, it's just not as many as the other two and four touchdowns. Um, so Aiden Boyer's got plenty of weapons to work with, and they're going to need it this week. Um, running back linebacker Teague Smith, he's one we talk about a lot. He's only a junior, but he's a very physical player. Uh, kids like him always give Fort Madison a chance. 567 yards on the year, rushing and eight touchdowns. And he's got, I believe, 39 tackles from that linebacker spot. So he does a little bit of everything for Fort Madison. He's very important to their success. And they've just got a great linebacking core. This team reminds me a lot of old Mount Pleasant teams that I used to watch back in the day. Uh, real solid offense, kids that can throw, kids that can catch, tough runners, and really tough linebackers. That's what uh, I always felt Mount Pleasant hung their hat on back in the old days. And uh, besides Teague Smith back there, Fort Madison's got Hayden Savano. I've heard Coach Doherty pronounce his name, and I haven't picked it up yet, but Hayden is a junior. He's got 60 tackles on the year and five sacks, so he's doing a lot for the Bloodhound defense. And then right next to him, Linebacker Tanner settles, a senior that's got 53 tackles and 12 and a half tackles for loss. So those are the, the standouts for Fort Madison statistically and what I would consider the, the leaders of that Bloodhound team. Uh, those guys can ball out Friday night and hopefully give Waverly Shell Rock all they want and more. Well, uh, is that it? That's it. That's the uh, that's the entire Southeast Iowa playoff field, and hopefully we'll still be talking about all these teams in another week. Uh, we'll see what happens Friday, buddy. Right. Well, I want to thank Scotty Melvin for all the information. Uh, uh, I'm sure people are ready to hear about these matchups. I want to thank Brothers Market of Sigourney, Iowa, uh, a little fantastic little grocery store right there in uh, Sigourney, uh, for stepping up and helping us out with this coverage. Uh, well, Scott, uh, thanks for being with us today. You bet. I uh, can't wait to go over the games. Hopefully, we've got some real exciting uh, wins to talk about come Saturday morning. All right. Thanks for being with us.